0: Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? Coach Math here, aka the ESV. Today, I'm super excited because I have an amazing guest. On the Revenge Body podcast, she's somebody who I've worked personally with for almost two years now, going on two years. She is a former Olympic athlete. She is just one of the most amazing human beings I've ever had the privilege of knowing, and she is our newest head coach of Maverick Online Coaching as of a couple of days ago. So, I'm super excited! I want you all to get to know her, know what she has to bring to the table, and just hear what and just a beautiful person she is. So. Without further ado, Kat, you want to introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about where you, who you are, where you come from, and, and a little bit of your background.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. I'm very grateful to be here today. So a little bit about me. I've always been an athlete. So I started skiing at the age of three and competed on the international level. So my parents never had the financial means to keep me in this extremely expensive sport. So skiing is a, a very expensive sport. My dad was a paratrooper. So I turned into a bus driver for the city of Montreal. And my mom took care of not only me, but my three siblings and as well as my grandmother and my seven cousins. So I come from a, a very big family. We grew up in a house of 15. They invested all their money that they had and all the money they didn't have into my sporting career. So feeling all of that pressure at a quite a young age, I left my parents' house. I was 18, wanting to be independent and wanting to get away from that pressure also. They were struggling at one point to have food on the table. And here I was trying to live my dream. So that was quite a challenge. And it came to a point where I quit skiing. I quit skiing. I was excited by this new life, right? Go to school, do what normal people do, get a, get a real job, as they say. So I started working as a bartender on the weekends. I was going full time with school and regular life. And I think that was the first, time or the first episode in my life of trying to find myself right if I wasn't this high level athlete anymore it was like who am I so that happened quite at a young age and it was also the beginning of the journey into becoming the the trainer and the coach that I am today I stopped training at that point depression hit hard so I started looking and I went from doctor to doctors looking for that that magic pill that quick fix looking outside for something that really I had to fix on the inside. And as I was going from doctor to doctor, I was, I was put on medication. So for depression, for anxiety, ADHD, I was actually in and out of psychiatry wards for, for quite a bit of time. And I remember, so I was waiting to see the doctor and I remember a nurse sitting next to me and asking me, and we don't give enough credit to the nurses. She asked me, Kat, what is it that you like? And no doctor had ever asked me what I was passionate about or what I liked. And yeah, for me, that was the the beginning of my entire journey. I was like, she's right, I have to get back to what I I, I truly love. So that day I remember like it was yesterday. I never ended up seeing the doctor. I started to walk home and I told myself, chat, if you want to change, you gotta do it. Like nobody's gonna do this for you. You gotta do it for yourself. And yeah, that was the beginning of my. That was the beginning of my career as a personal trainer. So I studied, I did ISSA for personal training and exercise therapy. I knew that the first thing I had to do, I had to quit the bar life, right? Like working in the nightlife as a bartender, I had to put myself in an environment that was going to be conducive to change. So I signed up for a Spartan race. I had a goal. I had a reason to get back into shape. So that was the beginning of me getting back into into shape. I started doing CrossFit. I started to learn more about the importance of food and started to slowly get my life back in control. And at that time, I didn't know. And with MOC and with the program and with you as a a mentor, Mav. really at that time, I was going from one addiction to another, right? I was going from a, a uh, an addiction like food and alcohol to a more socially acceptable addiction which was over exercising so i was doing crossfit every day i even opened up a crossfit gym so i was a, a crossfit gym owner for for 3 years this is 10 years back when crossfit was was still quite new but as you know being a an entrepreneur it was a not a 9 to 5 job it was actually like a 9 to 9 job and i still had that feeling that inner void right it was like it, i was never I was never satisfied with with my achievements. So the same feeling I had from being in school full time, I had from from being in the gym. And I saw an ad at the gym. So I was I was working at the gym, I was giving all the classes, and I saw an ad that it, at, at the gym that they were doing a recruitment camp for Bob's Day Canada Skelton. And deep down, I always knew that I still had this athletic career in me, right? But pressure from society, my upbringing, just pushed me to go back into something that was more of a norm. So I told myself, if I make this bobsleigh team, I'm going to sell my shares and just go after it and quit the gym. And I did. So I had eight years on the national bobsleigh team, traveling the world. And bobsleigh is what I call the, the school of life, right? So... And it, yeah, it taught me. It taught me how to just enjoy the day to day journey. It taught me of how it was all about the process. All things that I can teach now with the MOC program and with all the ladies coming into the program. And yeah, it's also helped me redefine my definition of what a champion is. You know, I did so two Olympic cycles. I've been to multiple times at the Olympic tracks, but I actually never got to compete at the Olympics, and that was quite. Quite a journey, right? I actually pushed my team to qualify that last sled. I did the entire season with them, like without me winning and qualifying that sled was not possible, and they knew. Yet, I still didn't hold that title of being an Olympian, right? So that was like the other part of my journey where I had to question: like, was I less of a champion because I didn't get to compete at the Olympic Games? So yeah, and then I decided to pursue to pursue the my coaching career. I always say that bobsleigh for me is kind of like, it's a dream job, right? I I get to, to be an athlete as a job. My body is, is my main work. I get to travel the world. So it's a dream job. But working for a company or working for a, a business that doesn't align with my values, which is Bobsleigh Canada skeleton, right? Very toxic environment where we're always pushed to perform. You're only a number. And it's always about doing more and you're never adequate for the job. They're always trying to replace you. Yet you're doing this with the people that you love. So for me, that was quite a battle. And I would say that my last two years as an athlete, I didn't have that fire anymore. And I felt guilty that I didn't have that passion anymore. But really it was, more, it was me getting more into my self-love, understanding that I don't have to do all these things for, for Bobsleigh Canada, but I can do it for myself. And it's at that point where I started to manifest and I started to visualize being part of a team that would align with my core values, being part of a team that would view the body in totality and be in an environment where people support each other, where we help each other, women empowering women. And here I am. I found MOC and it's, it's the dream. It really is. It's the dream. It took me a full year to officially retire from it. But yeah, I think. I realized that everything I kept going for was the structure of my ego mind, right? And until I could realize that, I would just go on repeating it. And with MOC, again, with your guidance, your values, I'm really starting to master the art of living more and more. So yes, it's a a little bit about me. Here I am.
0: I love it. Thank you. I You said so many things I want to hit on. One thing that really stood out is like, you know, the ego thing, right? And someone posed a question to me a while back that makes that I try to constantly ask myself and it's who am i when everything that feeds my ego is stripped away right so for me that's like okay no more muscles no more social media no more business no more the things that make me feel exceptional right who am i what's left you know so when you were talking about all of a sudden you know not having that athletic outlet That you had you had just live and die by for so long, you know, not having that all of a sudden and trying to figure out who you were, you know, I had a little bit of that when I got out of the military. Obviously, not on the same scale, but in in a way, you know, I had to figure out who I was when I was no longer, you know, I I put everything I had into becoming a special operations soldier, and all of a sudden I got hurt and it was like, oh shit, what do I do now? You know, I made this my identity, so I, I can I can resonate a little bit with that. When I met you in person, you know, we had our retreat back in in January of this year, which was amazing, February actually, about out in the miraval and in Arizona. And I got to meet you in person. And you know, you're such a driven individual. you've You've accomplished a hell of a lot in your life. You have this wild background, and yet your presence is very calm. Your presence is very content. And so, if you don't mind, can you hit on a little bit how you've cultivated this this peace that you seem to have now? I mean, yes, you've had to obviously work on on yourself, like we all do. But like I said, just being around you is just you're such a such a peaceful person. How do you cultivate that in your everyday life?
1: Well, I think you also said it like even with the ident- identity, right? So realizing that as long as we're seeking for something out there to validate ourselves, we're just we're just trapped in in that cycle. So for me, it was really learning not to love anything outside of myself. And we don't get taught that, right? Nobody ever teaches how to love ourselves. I never get, I didn't learn that from my parents, right? Even though I come from this beautiful background, beautiful family, I didn't learn that in sports, right? So when you love somebody outside of yourself more, right? I got taught that you, like my mom would always say like, I I love my kids more than anything else. I would do anything for my kids, right? I gave everything to my kids. And then I realized, well, she never showed us how to love ourselves, right? And so I think when you love somebody more than yourself, whether that be God, the husband, the children, the, the, the country you're fighting for, it makes you dependent on that. Right. So you become secondary in your own eyes. Like I became almost like you become a beggar for love. Right. And we both know with having like anxious attachment styles, a victim for love because we never learned how to love ourselves first. Right. So for me, that was my journey to be my own companion first. Like if I can't love myself, I can't love anybody else. Right. So my own love is a necessity for growth and. When I first started with MOC, I thought that was that was just like something that you acquired, right? It's like, oh, I start working with it. You start to feel the benefits. And I thought like, oh, now that I have this self-love, I don't have to do anything. But it's like, no, we actually have to keep at it every single day, right? So I think I'm in a position today where it's like, I can say that I no longer rely on a man. I no longer rely on food, on alcohol or anything external, to really try to feel that inner void, and that's what tr- true happiness is, right? It's 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 occurring in every single like ordinary moments, right? As I'm doing check-ins, as we're doing group calls, as I'm cooking in the kitchen, right? So i've I, i've been able to I've been able to detach myself from these illusions of having to perform, having to achieve in order to be worthy. And I think it's something I, I see it even during. The group calls were with MOC in the program, ladies coming into the program. And when I start to share how you are worthy just for being you, like just for being, just for existing, right? You came into this world perfect, whole and complete just the way you are. But that consumer society pushes us to believe that we have to consume more in order to be happier. We have to achieve more in order to be worthy of something. So having the feeling of, hey, like I am worthy just the way I am, like I can just be, I no longer have to do in order to have my own love. I think for me, that was, yeah, that was a a huge breakthrough.
0: That's huge. I'm glad you brought up the anxious attachment styles because I was going to mention that if you didn't. You know, that's like cultivating that self-love is a huge part of healing that anxious attachment. You know, the dysfunctional side of the anxious attachment is I am not okay unless. And whatever follows that unless is usually... If my partner's okay, not okay. If my if I'm not receiving this accolade, if I'm not making this amount of money, if I'm not constantly getting validation that from the outside that I am indeed worthy, exceptional, good enough, etc., I am not okay, and that's where a lot of that dysfunction arises. So I'm really glad you hit on that because I was gonna, you know, the next thing is all right. This chick, she's uh, she's jacked. She's she's got muscles, She's in shape she's you know she's an olympic athlete does crossfit you know she does all these things how in the hell cuz you you've you've coached a lot of clients in 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 our program and they've gotten a lot of results despite them being not cut from that cloth so to speak you know a lot of them you know are are moms moms of 3 4 kids women in menopause women hypothyroidism women who have 100 plus pounds to lose and yet someone with your background is able to get them to get outside of themselves, get out of their own way and implement a lot of the habits and, and practices that get them those body transformations that you then see, obviously, on, on my Instagram and social media. So I think what I want to ask you is, you know, how, how do you as a coach in your tenure here at Maverick Online Coaching, how have you been able to you know, resonate and motivate women who maybe have a completely different background than you?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question and it's funny because just yesterday I was with a on a one-on-one call with a client who's just like her time in the program is coming to an end and something that she said was how when she first saw me she thought wow you know how people idolize athletes right and they think wow like this person is she's accomplished so many things and she's studying to become a naturopathic doctor she it's been to the Olympics. She's an amazing coach, exactly like you said. And they idolize that. And when I start to work with them, they realize that I am only human, right? They realize that I struggle just like them and I share my struggles and we get vulnerable and we, we talk about how we're conditioned to believe that hard work equals success, how I got caught into being in a very masculine world with Bobsley. and I'm just tapping into my feminine side. And we have a lot of ladies in that that business and work environment where they feel the exact same thing. And having that comment where she said, I realize that now I look at you and we're all human. We're we're all the same. We're all one. We all love and we all cry and we all want to have fun and make love. And at the end of the day, it's like the human like we are all one. We're all the same. And I remember you even asking me this question during our first interview and you're like, how are these people going to resonate with you? A lot of the things they just can't relate. And they're gonna, they might feel even they might not feel empowered by that, or they might feel that they're not good enough or they're inadequate. And it's, I think it's the opposite. With my story, if I'm able to say like, hey, like what you see on TV, what you see with Olympic athletes, like that's not the real life. Like that's an illusion. Like we don't get treated how we should be treated. We're just a number. It's not like it looks really nice on camera, but really at the end of the day, like we're enjoying the day-to-day process. We're enjoying the fact that we wake up every day and we're surrounded by people on the same mission. We enjoy the fact that we're we're in the ordinary moments of doing the boring task, we're having fun, right? So I think everybody can relate to that when they get to a point in their life where it's like, well, I'm not enjoying my job or I'm not doing what I really want to be doing. What's wrong with me? It's like, no, we're all human. We have to find ways to reinvent ourselves. And we have to find ways to tap into our, our true self. So I think at the end of the day, we can, we, we can all relate.
0: Yeah. I mean, somehow I figured out how to do that. And I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a 250-pound Viking. But yeah, you know, that's, that's one reason why a lot of the videos that I post now like about it. Like two years ago, if I would have known I was going to post a video talking about like performance anxiety or a lot of stuff that I struggle with in relationship, you know, like like how I collapsed in relationships in order to to please another or to keep from rocking the boat in the relationship, avoiding conflict. If I would have looked forward and said, "Oh my god, he's talking about face how I used to be unfaithful to women, how I used to cheat on people and lie, and manipulate," holy shit, what are you what are you doing, man? Like I would have been so scared, but. You know that's a part of that cultivating that wholeness. It's like once you're once you're at that place, you start to cultivate that love for self. You know, you can kind of those things don't really bother you as much anymore. So, me being able to be human has has really helped boost the authenticity with what I do. As you know, I, I, yeah. I especially like on our team and, and within our group calls. You know, I do the same thing. I just try to be human, and I think that's something that everybody can resonate with. They're like, holy shit, I didn't think he had those struggles. I thought he was just this alpha. Fucking buff dude that just never has any problems. It's like he's riddled with problems. I feel a lot safer now. You know? So I love that you you do that with your clients. And and clearly it works because, you know, your your clients are are crushing it and always have. But moving into a, you know, a head coach role, I told you the other day, I literally I was in the tattoo parlor about to finish up my Deadpool tattoo. And I had this moment because I was about to call you and and offer you the position. And I started crying because I was so emotional, because I was like, man, I put you know, five plus years of work into this this company and I'm essentially handing over the keys to somebody for the first time. And it was I really had to like just sit in that for a moment because I was so emotional. But I was also so happy because, you know, I'm so confident in you and and what you bring and and everything that you stand for. So it's just a it's really really like a bittersweet moment for me to call you. But you what I've noticed about you, Kat is like you do the work. You know, even in the the year plus you've been involved in this company, I've seen massive growth in you. One of the things that impressed me the most was what you did recently when you you left home for a little while, which means meant leaving boyfriend home for a little while and for your growth. Can you talk through kind of why you did that and and you know the the whole thought process behind that? Yeah.
1: Actually, you know, it, there was a moment. So when you went through your breakup and you were very vulnerable about it, you were open about it. And knowing that we were very similar, so similar like attachment styles. And even I can relate to a lot of things that you say. And as you were talking about these things, I I a part of me felt like I, I wasn't being true to myself because I was... Even though I was in this very beautiful relationship, healthy relationship, I was still struggling with it. I was still struggling with attachment issues. And I knew that if I really wanted to heal from that, I had to be alone. I had to leave. So I think it was even, it might have been even harder in a way where it's like I'm leaving this relationship to go isolate myself and actually do the work, right? A lot of people need a trauma or they need an event. And a part of me was like, well, am I going to wait until I get dumped to, for me to start the work or shall I start now, right? So, And I'm very blessed to have a very supportive partner who was like, hey, go ahead and do your thing. So I left. I left for two months out in nature. And I think my first realization when I left out in nature was thinking that the environment was all it was, right? I thought like Montreal being, I live right in the middle of the city, it's chaotic there's always things going on people are stressed and i thought what i need is to be out in nature so i left in my little cabin out in nature and 3 weeks in i realized that nothing had changed i had taken my life from montreal and i brought it into my little cabin i wasn't slowing down i was still uh, i was still doing more 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 and caught in the illusion that i had to work harder and maybe get more certifications in order to be, to be better. And I remember you telling me like, Cap, you have to do the work. Right. And I remember when we had that one-on-one and you gave me a book to go, to go read. And I read it. And he's like, it was like, there's no amount of certifications at this point. Like I have so much experience and I have so much knowledge as well. 10 plus years of schooling. It's like, what more? Like you have to actually do the work. So for me, leaving in that cabin, that's exactly what it was. And it was understanding that I think me and my partner, we both got trapped in the illusion of romantic love and the dream, right? That somebody out there would be a perfect fit for us. So letting go of that illusion, that perfect person is going to meet all my needs, right? Because that's an illusion. Like that's a child's dream. That's really, that's a, child, that's a child's dream that we keep as an adult. Right. Nobody has an obligation to make me or make you happy. Right. That's not what true love is. It comes from development, from ourselves, from from communication, inner beauty. Right. That maturity. And I think love is the only freedom from attachment. Right. We talk about the attachment issues. And when I when I love everything, I'm I'm attached to nothing. Right. Like love is a byproduct. Like the more that I embody love, the more that I'm in, in my truth and that it's safe for me to speak about these things. Like one year ago, I would have never been on this podcast with you, right? Because emotions make you weak because I can show that side of myself. Like as an athlete, these are things that I drilled for years and years. Like I did this to myself. Nobody did that, but I did this to myself. I actually, while I was in that cabin, I found my, my journal from the the last Olympics and I realized that on every single page, I had written down, emotions make you weak. These were the things that I was telling myself every single day before I went to training. So, yeah, I had to learn to let go of the, the self-learning beliefs that I uh, put on myself, not even what my parents or society did. Like, I did this to myself. So I think, yes, realizing that the more that I embody love and compassion, the more that I receive it, we, we are love, Right. And I'd rather reinvent myself with the person, with the same person, with, with my partner, than be with different people, right? To think that there's something better out there. Again, it's an illusion. It's kind of, it's the same thing as think like people coming into the program thinking that somebody's going to save them, thinking that there's a quick fix, some, thinking that there's a better program that's going to help them until you start to realize that the only common denominator in all that is yourself. And you're like, oh, I have to, I have to be my own savior. Right. And I think there's something very powerful in taking personal responsibility for yourself. But there's also almost like a grieving process that you have to make like, oh, wait a minute. Like nobody's going to come and save me. Like I don't have this perfect person, this perfect match. Like like what? I'm the issue. Like I have to do the work. So I think leaving to the, the, the cabin was was exactly that. Realizing that I had to slow down, which was my my main thing, slowing down. I had to tap. More into my feminine side. I had to love all parts of myself, right? Not all, n- not only the good, not only the facade that I kept showing up as this strong athlete, but love all parts of myself.
0: Love that. One of the one of the things I'm most proud of about our program and what we do and our philosophy and how we how we coach women is, you know, day one we take away that uh, that victim part. You know, it's like what you're hitting on there. It's like common denominator here. It's you, you know, and and I always say, you know, saying I am the problem gives way to I am the solution, which is super empowering. It puts you in the driver's seat finally. You know, if you're if you're playing that victim game of, you know, I'm I'm this way because of XYZ and I can't change because of XYZ and I can't cultivate these habits because of XYZ, well you're giving power to everybody. You're giving power to everything but yourself. So I I love that, you know, you and I see very we're very aligned in that. And there's obviously a compassion that goes along with that i mean we, you know we don't we don't just ream women out day one and 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 you know it's not like a, a a boot camp type deal but we do shine the magnifying glass on those habits that need to change and for a lot of women that's that's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for anybody to to admit that hey okay yep it is yep got it it's me got it yep all right and then but that gives way to that change you know when you're experienced and you've coached hundreds of women now as, as i have if you had to like guess what percentage of these two things cultivates the change, right? So if we had two different things, one thing is like nutrition, macros, calories, right? And then the other thing is at like mindset, standing in their own way. Which one of these has is like the the biggest problem when it comes to the women that that you've coached within Maverick online coaching?
1: A hundred percent the mind getting in our own way. And I think for them, it's a breakthrough. They come into the program thinking, oh, it's, it's all about the food. It's all about the nutrition. They get excited. Next thing they know, it's like, oh, it has nothing to do with the food. It has everything to do with myself, with love, with that mindset. And it was the same thing with my journey. Like when I share a little bit about my journey with these ladies, we go through the exact same steps of being honest with the voices inside our head, right? Like what are the voices like on the daily in your head? What type of friend are you to yourself? And something I really love with MOC, I, so in the past year, I've been giving the kickoff calls on the Monday. So the kickoff calls, this is like the first day where ladies come into the program. They don't really know what they're getting themselves into. They're excited. They're sad. There's a lot of things going on during that kickoff call. It's their first day to kick off the program. And something that I've realized in that past year is they all come in with that illusion that after a year, they'll be exactly where they want to be and they'll be happy. And it's like, so we have to start stripping away at that illusion right away and Even for them, it's understanding it just yesterday on the kickoff call, I had someone say, I had someone say, oh, I, I'm really anxious for my, my body to, to resemble what's actually going on on the inside. And we all know that your body is a reflection of what's going on. So you you can see how stuck they are in their unconscious patterns. Like they're not even aware, right? They're like, I want my body to be a proof of how good I feel on the inside. And it's like, well, let's be honest here. Honesty is the fastest way to help. And as of today, you have to start loving yourself as you are, not once you achieve that ideal weight, not once you buy the house, once you get that Olympic medal. Like it's not going to change anything. You have to actually start to love yourself today as you are. So I think a lot of women come into the program and thinking that their their body is them. And I know that's kind of like a, a, a weird concept for them, but it's like we confuse the I am, like the, the life force. With our bodies, right? And it's sometimes I have to be like, you are not your body. So loving yourself for something that you are not, loving yourself just for your body will never bring you joy and happiness. One day we're going to start to grow old. Our body's going to change. If you love yourself for how you look, what's going to happen when you're 70 years old? You, you're going to come back to square one of not loving yourself. No, you didn't get into this program for you to come back to where you were one day. Like this is sustainable lifestyle changes. So for them to strip away at the, I'm going to love myself once I lose the weight, I know because I was there. And once I lost the weight, I still wasn't loving myself. And then I thought, well, I'll love myself once I lose the cellulite. And then that still wasn't working. Right. And then it's like, once the cellulite was gone, it's like, well, I'll really love myself once I buy a house, once I win that medal, once I, and then you, you just keep repeating the same thing over and over again until you actually start to love yourself for who you are, for just being, for just being you, how you came into the world. But it's normal. Social conditioning and, and pressure from mass media is strong. Like old patterns do come back. And I say this to ladies in the program as well. If, if you're getting ready to transition out of MOC and you don't have what we're providing you with, which means an environment of like-minded people, people that keep you accountable and say the truth, right? Because that's going to trigger us to have people that are able to say the, the 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 truth. If you're not able to have that in your environment, you got to stay in the program or else it's just a matter of time where you go back to that social like pressure and advertisements, right? When you think about it, MOC is one group call a week. So one hour a day versus, or, or compared to all of the advertisements compared to the, the media and the news. So it's The work that we're trying to do its we have to be consistent and keep repeating week after week, but it's definitely worth it.
0: So one of the things that you hit on that I think a lot of people can resonate with, myself included, is that hedonic cycle, right? It's like, once I have X, I'll be happy. So many of us get caught up into that. And the counterintuitive process there is when you talk about cultivating love for where you're at, a lot of women I've found struggle with that because they're like well but isn't that being complacent isn't that doesn't that mean that if i love myself now means i won't do the work to change you know i have this i you know i want to get healthier and i want to change my body i'm not happy with it if i'm happy with where i'm at now doesn't that defeat the purpose of working out and getting healthier and it's like well it's not an either or it's i love myself now and i can work on myself because i love myself now To get healthier, to, to look, you know, to be leaner, whatever the, the goal is there. But to your point, it's so important. I I don't know. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've, we've worked with clients who are like, well, if I could just get down 20 pounds, I'd be happy. And as you said, what happens when they get there? Move the goalpost, move the goalpost. The goalpost is never, you never get there because it's, it's something outside of yourself and you're in that moment admitting separation between where you're at and that thing. And when we're able to come from a place of self-love, cultivating the habits that result in better health, they stick so much better than if we're coming from a place of self-loathing. It's like if you're doing it because you because you hate yourself or you're 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 out of self-criticism, those habits aren't going to stick because they're work, they're like a chore or something you have to do rather than something that you get to do. So like these things that we're hitting on right now, these are the things that make the most impact when it's working with these clients. It's it's not, like you said, it's not a macro ratio. It's not a meal plan. It's not a, you know, a lot of people come in with a mindset of, and you know, I put on my content, I try to dispel this as much as I can, but a lot of people think a meal plan is a solution to their problems. They think that, oh, I'll just eat this, this like super rigid meal plan for 12 weeks. That'll solve my issue. It's like, well, what happens after? What are you going to do when? When you don't want to eat like a robot anymore, when you don't want to eat the same thing every day, when you go, want to go back to real life, what are you going to do when, you know, this, this workout plan that you stuck perfectly to for 12 weeks, what happens when those habits haven't actually taken, taken root in your life? So that's the biggest thing behind it. And I love that you hit on that. I get caught up in that as well. And I have to bring myself back. And I read, I read a quote this morning. I'm paraphrasing, but it said something about how the, the, the goal, like the sweet spot is to have that forward momentum, but also be at peace. Like to have that forward momentum and also be at peace, because usually we oscillate with extreme between the two. It's like I'm either fully at peace and staying still, or I'm f- I'm go, 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 go with no peace until I get to this arbitrary destination that I've made up. So I love that you hit on that. I want to go back, if you don't mind, because I, I find this super remarkable. Like Talk about what it was like growing up with... You said fifteen siblings or fifteen kids total.
1: Yeah, so we were fifteen kids in a house. My grandparents, I had my uncles. Yeah, it, it was. It's funny because my so my little sister just got married yesterday, so we were at her wedding, and it was the first time in a long time that we reunited everyone together. So I got to spend a, a great quality time with my cousins that I grew up with. It. it it's been amazing to be honest and i think it's it's you asked about how like you met me for the first time and how i had this composure i think a lot of it comes from that also coming from a family of 15 people i think you you have to be able to to know when it's it's worth fighting for for something right so i think i i became very independent quite young so i was able to i was able to stand up for myself And be in this environment where it's very like family oriented. So in my, in my household, it's like, once you get into the house, like everything is everybody's, right? It's like, that's not like yours personally. Whatever's in the fridge, everybody can use it. If something's laying on the ground and it bothers you, you just pick it up. You don't say anything. If 15 people have to start complaining about the little things that you don't like, it would get very chaotic. So I think I've learned to, I've learned to to live with ease with people to not to not judge i think that's something that i i learned quite early and then on the flip side something that i've realized with being with moc and i do this in my, in, in my trainings when i give the live workouts is i've realized that coming from such a big family i've i've never allowed myself to to take space and i know that people struggling with with People struggling in our program that come and have a lot of weight to lose probably feel the same way as I do, where it's like, who am I to take up all this space, right? And I have them put their arms out to the, to the side, the legs open up and say, I deserve to take up space. I deserve to take up space, and I think coming from a, a big family, I, I never really had that. I used to, we we used to all sleep in the same bed, so we were like eight little cousins, just sleeping one beside another. I was the oldest one, so I took care of a lot of the the younger ones, and got into my mother role role quite young. So, and now with moc. As much as I'm extremely blessed to have this beautiful family, great family, I've also realized, okay, maybe I like we all have our little traumas, right? It could have been way worse, but we all have things that we have to deal with. And for me, that's what it was. It it was giving and allowing myself to take up more space. Yeah. So thank you.
0: Yeah. I remember when you did that with your team. Those of you that don't know, we have, I think at this moment, 16. Transformation coaches in our program, so, which means you, you know, as a coach, they all have their own team of clients. And Team Cat was, was talking about the, you know, taking up space that one week, and everybody was curious, like, what does that mean? That sounds, that sounds, I want to do that. That sounds cool. And that's so liberating and empowering, I think, for, for women to, to have that mantra. One of our other mantras, just in the program as a whole, is I am mine before anyone else's. So a lot of the work that we do with, with women is, you know, helping you understand that, you know, your needs your needs matter especially as, as a mother you know and i can relate as a parent not as not quite as a mother but as a parent you know we tend to sometimes self abandon for our kids because we're society tells us that we have to always put them first and our needs go last so that's noble you know and so walking parents through that new mindset of hey if, if i don't thrive kids don't thrive if i don't pour into my cup first they get less of me i have to embody health for my children because they're going to do what they see and not necessarily what i say secondary to what I say. So, you know, helping people change their mindsets. And it's not just for parents, it's for everybody because a lot of us, myself included, sometimes I let work, you know, take priority or I let these emails take priority over, you know, taking care of myself, skipping a meal because I'm working, you know, that that health plant has to be watered because if it starts wilting, nothing else thrives. So it's like, you know, you when we have our health, we want all these other things, but we don't have our health, it's the only thing we want, you know?
1: Health is true wealth. Yeah. 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 And it makes me like, now that you asked the question, it all, also made me realize, I think coming from such a big family, there's one thing we always did that I still cherish. And I actually still do today with my partner is we always enjoy meals together. Like meal enjoying meals was like the best thing. Cause you were like 15 kids. I mean, like I fought for food, right. Cause it was, we were in a situation where it's like, it, it, it's not buffet. We actually have to like, everybody has their own little plate and we have to share and if someone comes into my plate, like I will fight you for my food. But it was that the, the, the aspect of being the entire family together and just sharing a meal all the time. And I still cultivate that with my partner. Uh, we have our dinner together all the time. I wait for him to come home. We set the table and we, we're just present with each other and we enjoy a good meal. So I have to thank my, my family for that. Great memories of being the entire family together.
0: Love that. I'm kind of jelly. We don't do so much of that in my family anymore. Maybe like once a year. We used to, when I was growing up, and I, I definitely miss that. But I love the presence that you cultivate with your partner doing it. You know, just so, so many people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And there's nothing really. You know, nothing, we're not saying there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, most people, I would say, they they watch TV while they while they eat their meal and just kind of glaze over and watch whatever shows on. Whereas, you know, I think what you said is is, is intimate. You know, it's it's. Quality time to sit down. Hey, let's enjoy a meal together. Let's have a conversation. Let's connect. Let's, you know, play the I'm noticing game, maybe cultivate some intimacy. Like that's, that's, I love that. I love that. That's a, that's a nugget you just dropped. Super simple, but how many people do it, you know? Well, cool. Kat, listen, I know we could talk for years probably, but I, I'm so glad. To have you on today. And I hope that uh, everybody out there got some nuggets from this. And if you want to follow Coach Kat, her Instagram is super, SUPA, S U P A underscore Kath, C A T H. And it's very accurate. She is indeed a superhuman. So, but it, also on the inside, she's superhuman from the inside out, which is the thing that I love most about you. But yes, the new head coach of MOC, super looking forward to, you know, building this dream alongside you. This vision that we have is to be the number one solution in the world for women's body transformation, inner and outer health. And we're on our way there. I think we're at 330 clients as of today. So we're headed that way. But thank you so much for being on Daycat. I appreciate you. Love you so much. And talk talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.